Welcome to Heal Thyself. I am Jess Pfeffer, the founder of Real Connection Sofa, and I'm excited to share holistic experts, practitioners, and healers each week with you. They will be sharing their journeys into the health and wellness field and leaving you with tips, tools, and techniques for you to use in your own personal life. Today, we have Heather Berg of Soul Garden Yoga. Welcome, Heather. Hi, Jess. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I'd love to first start just by introducing yourself and who you are and, and what have you been up to? Great. Um, well, my name is Heather Berg and I am a yoga meditation and breathwork teacher. Um, I started practicing yoga in 1991. I was 21 at the time. I was in college and um, practiced yoga, meditation off and on for many years and um, eventually decided to get my yoga teacher training um, in 2012. We have the same teacher, my first teacher, um, Leslie Glickman. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I had so many teachers over the years, Leslie being my first one for my 200 hour training, but all the different teachers who I've studied with over the years, each one definitely helping shape who I am as a teacher today. Sure. And as many of, you know, the listeners probably know, those who are listening may practice yoga and might be familiar um, with the eight limbs of yoga breath work is one of the eight limbs, just like asana, the postures are just one of the eight limbs. And breath work has always interested me. And um, I have to say that the past three or four years, my, my asana practice, meaning the, the physical practice, really changed dramatically. Um, I was trained to be uh, a vinyasa teacher, which is a little bit more of a physically vigorous practice. Um, but my personal practice all along was more hatha based. And um, I, I would love, if you don't mind, I, I would love to explain what hatha means because so many people don't quite know what that is. I'd like to, I like to think of it as like the umbrella of yoga, of physical yoga, sure. you know, and Iyengar and Anyasara and Vinyasa, they all fall under that. And if we break down the word, Hatha, Ha, Ta, Ha is sun, Man, um, Ta is moon. It's the yoga of balance. And that's what really spoke to me. So the what I was teaching, what my personal practice, I should say, I was doing, I was teaching vinyasa and hot vinyasa and power flow and all of that, because that's what many studios were requesting at the time when I started teaching. But my personal practice was more about aligning my body, mind and spirit uh, moving slower, incorporating the breath work. And it's not to say that vinyasa and ayengar are not doing that, but it was just my, my practice was so different than what I was teaching. And then all of a sudden I decided, oh my God, I realized there's this disconnect and I no longer, I kind of made a decision 
almost cold turkey. I will not teach vinyasa anymore. It didn't feel uh, truthful to me. And I have to admit, Jess, I lost a lot of students at one, you know, it was like a lot of my students left. And one of the places where I was working, the manager called me in and he's like, listen, people are, are wondering what you're doing. And I really, and normally I would be nervous, but I said, please trust me. Mm-hmm. I am doing what feels so truthful to myself I guarantee you, I will get more people to come again. And it's exactly what happened. It was, I had even more people come. And then I, I, every one of my, and the reason why I'm giving that background information is because part of what I was doing was I was incorporating breath work and meditation in every class as almost like I would do asana. I would do physical, then we would do a seated breathwork practice, and then a meditation, whether it was guided or, um, uh, or a bit silent. And in every class I taught, in every public class, every private class, I was so um, intrigued by how breath, how pranayama, the, the movement of energy can shift how we felt. And then, so then let's fast forward and COVID hit, right? And there's this amazing book that came out that I highly, 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 highly recommend. It was by James Nestor, who's an investigative journalist. It's called Breath, The the New Science of a Lost Art. I think you read it. Am I right? Have you read it? I started to, yeah, I started to. I downloaded it. And Kim Marone, um, our dear friend, acupuncturist, um, she also had spoken about it. Yes, highly recommend it for your listeners, whether you like listening to Audible or to read it. And it came at the perfect time for me and the world, actually, um, because it he talked about different modalities of breath work and many of them that I have practiced before that I had heard of the Wim Hof, transformational breath work, holyotropic, I mean, many things, pranayama. But one of them that I had never heard before was called the Buteco breathing method. And you know how it goes when you read something and you want to find out more information, you go down that kind of rabbit hole of getting all this information. And basically, in a nutshell, it teaches you how to bring your breathing back to functional breathing. It teaches you to bring your breathing volume back to normal and reverse what's often called chronic hyperventilation or chronic overbreathing. And my teacher, Patrick McEwen, who's based in Ireland, he studied with Dr. Buteco. And he, what's really interesting is that Dr. Buteco, he um, was a medical doctor in Moscow and he noticed that his patients, the ones who were really sick, were breathing through their mouth, they were breathing heavily, they were breathing quickly, and he thought to himself, is the breathing causing them to be sick, or is their sickness causing them to breathe like this? Mm -hmm. And so he kind of did an experiment, 
And he had his patients close their mouth as much as possible, start breathing through their nose, breathing lightly, breathing slowly, and breathing a little bit lower or deeply. And those who followed through with this breathing exercise, being conscious of their breathing, they got better. And so what he decided, he himself had high blood pressure. He decided to practice what he preaches and he did it himself. And he himself was able to lower his blood pressure. And so moving forward, he started um, working with patients with different issues, whether it's um, diabetes, whether it's asthma, um, anxiety, etc. And there's, there's so much I could talk about, but what I really love about this is it marries so well with what I have been studying for so long with yogic breath work, with pranayama. You know, there's something so interesting that many of my teachers, you know, you might hear them say, you know, keep the breath soft and light. But we, at least for myself, I never questioned why. Why do we need to keep the breath soft and subtle and light? Whereas Dr. Buteyko and um, then therefore my teacher, Patrick McEwen, really opened my eyes and explained why. And if you don't mind, I'd love to just share something really interesting um, we inhale oxygen, right? We learned this in, in, I think, elementary school, middle school, high school. We inhale oxygen, we exhale carbon dioxide, right? We learned that. What's really interesting is that we need a certain amount of carbon dioxide in our body in order for the oxygen that we've inhaled to go to the places it needs to. So for here's an example. You know, I can, I'll use this example because many people over the past, I should say two years now, have been feeling a little anxious, shall we say. And so when people are anxious or people um, suffer from panic attacks, let's say, they often breathe through their mouth and they breathe heavily. You know, if someone's having a panic attack, you know, I'm just gonna, <laughs> they breathe heavily through in and out through the mouth. Now, what happens when you, start to get um, fall into this panic attack is many times people might feel dizzy or their stomach hurts or they get tingly sensations in their limbs. And the reason why is because we are blowing off too much carbon dioxide, yes, through the mouth. And so the oxygen that we're inhaling is unable to absorb efficiently to go to our brain where we need it so that we won't feel dizzy, to go to our heart, to go to our digestive system so that we don't get that stomach ache. So there are actually breathing exercises that we can do to mitigate symptoms if you feel like you are having a panic attack. It's, it's unbelievable. 
Yeah, it's so fascinating to me about just understanding breath a little bit. I, I used to have sometimes, I guess they were not full panic attacks, but I would feel that pressure really on my chest. Like I felt like yes. there was like a truck just like holding me down. And then I was getting acid reflux and all the things. And yeah, I definitely had learned about belly breathing, which, you mm-hmm. know, is kind of something in our practice, but the buteco breathing that I'm so lucky that you have introduced me to, and I'm learning more about. My question for you is going back a little bit, what brought you to this? I know you mentioned about when you started yoga, anything in your own personal life and journey um, that led you to find yoga or yoga fund you? Yeah. Well, you know, I was a kid who was always active. Like I played sports or I was outside riding my bike or whatever, always danced, always active. And like I said, I started in 1991, I was a student at NYU, and I'll never forget there was a class held in the inside, inside the gym at a basketball court, and it was called Intro to Sun Salutations. Hmm. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Okay, I'll, I'll try it. And I don't even remember the teacher. I don't remember her name. I know it was a woman, but all I remember was how I felt afterwards. It was like nothing I have ever experienced in my life. I remember leaving that class and walking on the sidewalks of New York City, going back to my apartment on the east side and feeling like, you know, when you're on those um, moving sidewalks where you're just, Mm. you can walk super slowly, but everyone on your left and on your right is moving quickly. I just had this amazing sensation and it was, it wasn't like, you know, I was having anxiety in my life or anything or a health issue. It was just, I was someone who always loved to do physical activity. So I looked at it originally as going into, oh, I just want to try a different physical exercise to do. But immediately I knew there was something different. And I just fell in love. And I, I was so lucky that I was in New York City at the time when yoga was really blossoming. And I did, I remember going to Kundalini studios in on the Lower East Side. And I did, you know, vinyasa was becoming pretty big. And um, I just hopped around and did different styles of yoga, never in a million years thinking to teach it as a living, you know, it was just more of, oh, this is just something I do for me. And um, so that's how I came across it. And part of my life, I can't, I can't imagine not, um, you know, as you know, as we know, yoga means to unite or to yoke. And it's, you know, I mentioned the eight limbs and asana, the physical part is just one part. But I think when we practice it long enough, when we have the right teachers, which I feel so fortunate that I have had, it's just opened my eyes that it's a way of living. It's a way of viewing the world. It's a way of choosing how to live in a healthy way, mentally and emotionally and physically. 
Sure. Yeah. One of, I don't remember which teacher I've had some great ones, uh, some similar ones to you, but talk about living yoga on and off the mat and how yeah, we, absolutely. you know, show up in, in our language and how we, you know, reflect on what we not just say and what we do, right. And how we react to things. Um, and I think a big part of that I I'm grateful for, and I'm sure you would agree was taught through yoga, right? We have our morals and our beliefs that are, you know, probably brought down from our parents and generations and school. And obviously if there's a, a religious aspect and all of that, and then there's all of a sudden this, this yoga that like you mentioned with the eight limbs, and I love that you brought that up. And I think it's come up before in some other interviews. And I know that I like to t- speak on that because a lot of people don't know that there's more to it. And, you know, when you talk about your class that you started doing with a little bit of asana breath and meditation, like, I was like smiling. I was like, yeah, like, I don't want to say it's supposed to or should, right? That's not really fair. Right, Everyone right, thinks right. there has their own thing. But I know in my heart of hearts, like when I'm in that type of class, like I'm in it because I'm getting, yeah, the physical part. I'm getting the emotional part. I'm getting the, you know, all the yummy benefits that my body and our bodies are, you know, luckily for most of us are able to do. Um, and what I love about breath work, it, it is something that is for everyone right? It is not necessarily for someone who can do a backbend or whatever that looks like. And, you know, when I think of yoga, I know for me, it's one of my self-care and something that I do in my life, like I said, often on the mat. Um, Besides yoga, are there any hobbies or interests or things that you have in your daily routine that's just for you? Absolutely. Um, Well, one, like, you know, I have, uh, and I think you've mentioned it, you know, I think of them as non-negotiables. And for me, it is moving my body every single day, whether it's asana yoga poses or whether it's getting outside um, meditation, whether that means for three minutes or whether that means for 20 minutes. It's Those are non-negotiables. And then hobbies, what I really come back to and you know, the silver linings of this pandemic has been for me to be at home more. And I've always enjoyed gardening when my girls were younger and just, you know, life kind of catches up and I became so busy that I didn't get to do that at all. And over, uh, I think it was May, I had someone come in and plant kind of like a permaculture edible forest in my backyard and I am just the happiest person I I that is my yoga right like I could go out there and just be with nature watch the butterflies go out there's a different flower that's opened and just being present and being with my breath and noticing how being in my garden makes my body feel that is yoga right it's yeah. it's uniting 100%. so um that is definitely i would say my biggest hobby right now is is gardening i love that i love that we we share that in common too and you know to yeah. go back to the buteco breathing i i think um i think that i want everyone to hear about is is it something that's educational or experimental when you host your classes workshops and events or is it a combination of both what does that look like it is definitely a combination of both. Um, it is, I find really, I find it's important for people to understand 
um, the science behind it. Like I was telling you, we inhale oxygen, we exhale CO2, we need a certain amount of CO2 in order for the oxygen to absorb into our system efficiently. I mean, and I explain a bunch more because it, I feel that it makes, it, it's the why is so important so that when we start doing some of the exercises, um, it just makes more sense. So definitely both. Um, I'm starting to create different workshops, let's say for social workers and therapists so that I can teach them this type of breath work so that they can help their patients. Or I'm starting to create workshops so that I can go into sleep clinics or work with doctors who work with patients with sleeping disorders so that I can talk to them, the doctors, about the importance of the breath, what people, what their patients can do to help make their breath better. And in fact, um, to, uh, this weekend, I have an upcoming event teaching, giving some information and, uh, about the Buteco breathing method, doing some breath work, and then I will guide people into a yoga nidra practice, which is one of my loves as well. Okay, that's such a, such a great combo. Yeah, it's great that you are going to be sharing with doctors. You know, one of my things I speak on a lot is that doctors aren't really trained in nutrition, right? They get like mm -hmm. one class and it's very unfortunate how that works. And, and even with, you know, um, breath work and something I learned recently was about Roundup and what happens to the flowers and when people put all the sprays in. Meanwhile, yes. there was a gentleman that, you know, chatted about it on a podcast that he was delivering flowers to hospitals, to, to patients, and then learning that he's actually hurting them, right? Because wow. those flowers are sprayed and, and how upset he was. And of course, just hearing it and, and why I'm sharing it is because those are the things that sometimes we don't know. But once you know, you can't unknow, right? So that's exactly right. Of, yeah, of what and so so to the point is, you know, sharing with doctors and, you know, not just for them to share with their um, patients, but with themselves and having these tools. And I think breath work and just, yeah, breathing, we, we, we kind of, you know, they take it for granted, right? Because it's involuntary and, you know, we're right. doing it right now without thinking about it. And thank goodness we're an autopilot for that, that we don't have to think about it, but how great to have these other tools besides the practice of physical yoga and journaling and all the other yummy things that I chat upon with Real Connections all the time. So if someone wants to learn more about your Buteco Breathing workshops and classes and you in general, uh, where can they find you? Is there a website, email, or Instagram? Yes, all of the above. So my website is Soul Garden Yoga, S-O-U-L, Soul Garden Yoga, all one word, dot com. Um, also on Instagram, it's at Heather Berg, B-E-R-G, at Heather Berg Yoga. And on Facebook, you can find me under my name, Heather Berg, or under Heather Marcus Berg as well. And um, if there's one thing, which I don't even know if I've said it enough, but if there's one thing I would love people to walk away with um, listening to this podcast is that I want people to be aware how much they breathe through their nose or how little, because you would be really surprised that a lot of people think they breathe through their nose mainly, 
they might think, oh, I do it in a yoga class. I do it while I meditate. But what about the rest of the day? Mm. And that's something to be really conscious of. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, that tip with us. Um, thank you for joining us. And if you like this episode and want to hear more like them, please subscribe, like, follow, and share. Thank you again. Until next time, I'm wishing you all good health, lots of love, and happiness. Bye, Heather. Bye, Jess.